Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's episode 104 of Please Advise. Thanks so much for joining us. I don't know if you guys have heard, but I have a new podcast called Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. It's all about Lifetime original movies. And our second guest ever is our guest here today. Her name is Alexis Wilson. She's one of the funniest people I follow on Twitter. She sends me the best texts with the best links. <laughs> uh, Twitter user, Sassy Black Diva. Hey girl, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate your presence. Thank you for having me. I wasn't doing anything today. So, What has your life been about lately? A lot of TV. I left my job recently. So just been like watching a lot of Dog the Bounty Hunter, a lot of Bravo Housewives, rewatching mostly. So you told me about something yesterday that like I can't stop thinking about and I actually think I'm going to stay in tonight and binge watch it because it would be perfect for my other new podcast, Please Advise Spinoff, Emotionally Broken Psychos. By the way, thanks so much for all the amazing feedback on that. I don't know if I fucked up Please Advise by... uh taking one of the things that you guys liked that I talked uh, pretty much the most about reality television and putting it all into a new podcast. But the response so far has been amazing. And for those of you who are just sticking around for the advice, love you for it. You told me about this show. It's called 60 Days In. Yes. Describe. So I'm. it came on after my dog debating on her morning binge. And it's literally people going to prison on purpose, like just for fun. Okay, describe some of the people that are on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just, I was like, uh, why? Exactly. So this one that I saw, it's like this crazy guy who like obviously like probably is a Trump supporter and just like trolls. Like he's like those Facebook comments you see on Jezebel articles that are like, she deserved it. Like he's like him as like, he's like, he's like that embodied. And so he's like, I'm just doing this so I can prove that like prisons are just a waste of money. It's gonna be like a vacation. I'm like, okay, I love crazy. that for him. I love that. Yeah, has like a like a military haircut, is like wearing some like goofy like tie suspenders. Feels like why wouldn't he be and a he, vacation where you like only eat bologna and get raped? Right. I'm like, you're sitting I'm like you're sleeping on the floor. What kind of club <laughs> med experience is this? What but also like what alternative is he He that was like he had no he like he wasn't like oh, this is dumb. We should do XYZ. He was just like, This is stupid. I'm like, so do you just want Okay, cool. You're fine. Chill out, sir. Okay, so what are other people's motivations for going? This other woman was like an ex-cop. And so she was like, her her like Real Housewives one-liner was like, I've put ton of people in jail. But I've never been to jail. And I was like, okay, well, that's not a reason to go to jail, but good luck on your project. That's actually like a really good 
Real Housewives tagline. It is. Just like, especially if the person is not a cop. No, like I put a lot of people in jail, but I've never been in jail. Lisa Vanderpump. Yes. (laughs) That was exactly what it should be. So any other goodies on there? So with her episode, there was other woman who just like, was like, has like a husband and kids. And I don't know what her reason was, but the funny thing was she was like living her best life in jail. Like she like joined a clique. Yeah. Like blew off the other girl that was like in there with her. That was like the the ex cop was just like living it up, and I was like, "Damn!" Like, because I had to say, like, I do have fantasies that, like, if I went to jail, I'd be very popular. That's like, my I'm, thing too. I, I was thinking about this as we were talking. Like, what would I be in jail? Would I handle jail well? And I think I would up into the point of like the bathroom situation. I See, think I would have a tough right. Time that's my thing too. But I think my I love thing it. is that I would uh, totally be ostracized. I would be like Piper Kerman, season one of Orange Is right. the New Black. Slash Piper Kerman in the actual book, Orange is the New Black, is the worst person who has ever lived. To ever exist. She is so obnoxious. I'm like, how did you get any like any attention to writing like a book even? Like, what is this? And what's so wild? I mean, you know, she started a blog before she went to prison. That was her whole thing. And then Larry would update it for her through letters. I believe Piper and Larry are, are married in real life, which makes me wonder if Piper's gonna or if Larry's gonna come back eventually. But um yeah, uh, I I just I think that like it her whole prison experience like she almost treated it like like um an athlete getting ready for something like right. she had all of her books there she wasn't smart enough to get her commissary stocked in stocked which, which is like, like the what, first thing that I would do I'm like snacks on deck like I'm ready like one hundred percent I would like be like mom dad like I know if you. I didn't yeah if I had my like my like preferred tampon brand and like jail I would that would just be it for me I think like I'm just done absolutely so I don't think I would really survive like I don't okay what would you do if you were in jail? How would your journey go? I, I think that, like, I'm such a little bitch that I would, like, end up washing someone else's panties. Like, I, like I'd love to think that I'd be, like, thriving as much as I would love that. For me, like, that's not my journey in prison. Like, I am just, like, a snitch, first of all. Like, okay. there's nothing about prison that would, like, be, ha- like, good for me. You told whatsoever. me that the other day. You're like, I love telling on Oh, people. I do. I, I, like, I tell my, like, niece, and she's five. Like, I don't care. I'll tell anyone. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just kind of love it. Because you're a middle child, you yeah. think? Shit Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially if I, like, blame. know that my siblings have, like, done something. Like, my sister breaks so much shit. And she gets so mad, too. Which I think it's funny. Just, just like, rat her out. How old are your siblings? My sister is 31 or 32, and then my brother is 14. Okay. So there's like, yeah, there's like a lot of snitching years in between there. Okay, okay. Wait, so do you think you would be someone's bitch, Oh, yes. Okay. Like, I don't want that. Would you try to, like, would you seek that out, just trying to find the, like... That's what I wonder. I wonder if I would just, like, be, like, submissive to it and be like, okay, like, this is my journey, or I wonder if I would, like, fight a little bit. No, I'm wondering if you would, like, seek out the toughest seek bitch out in the, the yard to, like, get her on your um, side to protect you. Probably not. I'd probably just look for someone who had, like, a nice manicure or something first. would be, like, my first gig. Because like, short nails is always key for that kind of stuff. Oh, Ew. Jesus. Okay. Uh, I'm just telling lo- you the So truth. long nails for me when I go to jail. Perfect. But, I, but, like, my only thing is that 
I feel like those people are quick to turn on you. Like, I think yeah. that I would want to keep solo for as long as possible. I would want to be like in solitary confinement. Like, I think I would just be like, I'd play the crazy game. Well, that's obviously the fucking dream. Yeah. Solitary. <laughs> I like, would like, go to solitary tomorrow for, f- I, I need that. Right. Honestly, I'm Same. an only child. I'm like, I would thrive. Yeah. Like, please put me in a room by myself. I would thrive in that environment. Like, just being able to talk to myself, read. Oh, yeah. To laugh my own jokes. Just oh, like all yeah. day. That's, all my, that's day. my dream. That's what I do all day anyway. Guys, like, but you also don't have like any windows or any exposure to like sunlight or like you don't go outside. You're just I don't go outside that now. Yeah, that doesn't really bother me. Yeah, you do good. get an hour in the yard if you're in, right. in solitary. It's much less exercise, but and it's like I think solo or like only with the other people in solitary, which is kind of scary. Right. But um, I wanted to say something else about prison. Oh, it's my biggest <laughs> fear. So like. Uh, it is literally my biggest fear is going to prison. I think about it a lot when I think about like terrible things that could happen to me in my <laughs> life. And I try to like, as soon as I start to really jam on it, I try to just immediately take it out of my brain because I'm a very powerful manifester. But I, I literally, fair. there's nothing that scares me more. And so maybe I would do a show like this just to say like, you know, you're only going to be in prison once. That's if, what I'm if thinking. You're me. Just like get out of my head. Because like when I watch these prison shows and I watch like Orange is the New Black, I'm like, wow, this looks kind of fun. Like they've got like little cliques. And like I was never popular in high school. So I'm like, oh, wow, my own clique. That's like so much fun. Yeah, I would learn. I would also learn my damn lesson. Like I would not oh, yeah. be a repeat offender. Oh, so I would feel same. confidently that if I did this show, I'd just be crossing something off my like – I don't know. What's a bucket list, but like for all the shit that you never want to do? It's a fuck it list. Oh. No, that's for fucking people. Uh, no, no. It's <laughs> like fuck it. I don't have any fucks anymore to give, but. No, uh, no, no, no. I'm saying like, like, uh, like, like a reverse being raped bucket at knife list. point in a dark New York City oh. alley is not on a fuck it list. That's on like I think my. That's just like a law and order, like episode list is what they. <laughs> Just yeah, like everything that you're like, like not it's trying the opposite to opposite of a bucket list, I guess. So I don't no, know. yeah, and I'm trying to find the word. Like, what would it be? Like your nightmare list? Like your like I don't know. Where's the place in your brain that keeps all your nightmares? I think people don't like to think about it enough, and that's why right, there's no name. There's no name for it. Yeah, I think people actually secretly love to think about it. They're just afraid of it. That's like, true. Like, I don't know about you. I fixate on my fears. Oh, yeah. My, like, biggest fear is getting my tendons cut in a parking lot. Like, it's not something that can happen. But I think about it all the time. I think about getting buried alive a lot. Oh, that one's fucked up. Yeah, that is Because that would take so long to, like, die. Like, I'm, like, paralyzed in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is really scary. Wait, what do you mean getting a tendon wrapped, like, in your leg? Like, your Achilles tendon. And then you just go, like, you just go to Yeah. It's my biggest fear is in, like, just being in a parking lot. Just. Tendons just gone. I don't want to think about anyone touching my Achilles heel. I don't, yeah, like feet in general are just out for me. So let alone like cutting something. No, thank you. I'm crazy in a reflexology right now, though. It's wild. Oh, really? I should give it a try. If you love doing bratty, um, spoily things for yourself, you oh, will yeah. love reflexology. I'm out of my crystals phase. So I feel like reflexology is like the next step. They will sure. like fix your body by poking your feet. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Also, like, who invented this? Like, what kind of foot fetishist was just Asians? Like, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy. Uh, no, I mean it. It it comes from Asia. I mean, I'm not sure which part. I mean, God bless them. Ancient Chinese. What kind secret. of things are you like? 
<laughs> what kind of things are you getting fixed with your reflexology? Um, well, Aside from your Asian geography knowledge, which it hasn't helped at well, all. First of all, I realized last night I said to someone, I'm like, oh, you live in North Koreatown. <laughs> and I didn't even like realize like that it was like a bit that I was doing until I said it probably five times. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like North Koreatown. Like. Like Normandy and like third, yeah. Like, yeah it's kind of like a North Korea town. <laughs> yeah, and, like I realized like after I you've said got that, something there. Like wow. I, I kind of did live in North Korea. You should town. definitely buy. I lived North on Co- Normandy and I live right by Normandy and third. You yeah. should definitely buy NorthKoreatown.com dot com right now. North Korea, <laughs> like North Korea town, South Korea town. Yeah, but anyway. North Koreatown actually is more liberating than regular Korea t- or regular North Korea because, well, for all, all of the obvious reasons, like you well, get to have internet and you stuff, still can't park. but it's more walkable. Well, yeah, because you can't park anywhere. Yeah, no. They had to. Like. When I lived in um, South North Koreatown, I <laughs> um, like literally one night, at two, when I was the two broke girls, I would have to ask someone on the show to drive me home every Tuesday because we filmed on Tuesday nights. And the first time I tried to drive myself home from a Tuesday night taping, I had to park. We got we had really long tapings on the show, and I had to park at I think one o'clock in the morning, a mile yeah. away from my house, with my laptop bag. And I was like, "Well, yeah, that goes on whatever the opposite of a bucket list is." See, like in those moments, my mind is just like, "My mom is just going to be so mad that I'm a Lifetime movie right now." Like yeah. that's like my mom's like, I mean, "She's going to be pissed." Like, like I can't get over the fact my mom will be angry if I die in a stupid way. That's exactly the kind of shit that my mom was thinking would happen to me when she dropped me off here in L. A. Ten oh, years yeah. ago. Like, she's yeah, my like, mom wouldn't be surprised. She'd be like, "Well, what took her so long?" Exactly. Like, <laughs> um, so, Alexis, did you bring three reasons why you're qualified to give advice on today's show. I did. So Tell me. The first is just that I am a middle child, and I am so scrappy from that alone. The second is I've watched Gossip Girl three times fully now. In my entire life. Third is I made it to level two of the Kabbalah Center's classes. Which is basically, <laughs> like, there's three. I feel like you only need two. Those are probably the worst reasons anyone's ever had. But I also still think. <laughs> well, that's gonna... hateful. So Wait, I have to ask, what about Gossip Girl? It was Gossip Girl you said? Yeah, Gossip Girl has the most important life lessons. Like, I've learned everything from okay, Gossip Girl. Okay, give me, like, uh, two life lessons from Gossip Girl you, that were life-changing for just you. Just, like, one, just, like, classic Blair Waldorf scheming yes. all the time. Like, I'm just like, oh, perfect. Two is that you have to find your Nelly Yuki in life and you have to defeat her. Who is that? She is Blair's like competition when she's trying to get into Yale when they're still in high school. And she's like, she's like Blair, but better. What an annoying name for a I character. Know. Is it perfect? What did you say? Nelly Yuki. Oh, yeah. No, she's Was awful. she like a half Japanese? I think she, probably. Okay. I don't think they ever, they never like fully had like an Ancestry.com breakdown on the show. But well, I think what was the just, actress? I'm not sure what she's Asian, but I'm not sure like what she like where she's from. That's she's okay. from, like North Korea town. Do you think they like needed to write in an Asian and then gave her that name, or do you think it was like Nellie Smith and then they cast an Asian? And I like, can't, I read all the books. I can't remember if it was always Nellie Yuki in the books. Okay, but I feel like you're right. Like I feel like they were like, oh, we need to diver- like diversify this up. Yeah, like w- like would she come in in season three? Like about yeah, it was yeah, like later, like season two. Yeah, they're like, hey, they were all white yeah, kids. wait a second. 
Well, yeah, because like the only black girl was like one of her minions, too. So they're just not having it at anything. I know. OK, so I feel like all of this said we've covered some really good ground. I'm ready to take our calls. Are you? I'm so ready. Let's do it. Hey, Malls. This is Lo, and I am calling from Massachusetts. I've called a few times before, but um, I just listened to one of your episodes where you said you had one of the old school platypus beanie babies, and I was just like, yes, I know that life. I was there. I was in it. I was with you. I identify with that, but that triggered me. To think about, I mean, living in L.A. and watching your Snapchat, I see that um, you are in Ubers, like, all the time, which I completely get. But saying that and you're in Ubers all the time, like, you must have very particular Uber etiquette. You must, like, know. Like, you must be the master of Uber. So I'm just wondering... Like, what are your rules when it comes to the relationship that you have with your Uber driver? Because I feel like that's something that people can cross the line. Either the Uber driver can pass the line with a passenger, or the passenger can really cross the line with an Uber driver. So I'm just trying to see, like, what are your hard and fast rules when it comes to your relationship with your Uber driver? Because I'm very, like... Boston, look at your phone. Don't fucking look at your Uber driver. But some people are just, like, way too social. But am I just too closed off? Who knows? Tell me. Give me your light and your love and your wisdom. Thank you. Hi, Christina. Hi, guest. All right. Bye. Hey, Lo. Okay, so I want to say that it's probably, like, almost even more my internet presence that lets you think that I take so many Ubers. I do take a lot of Ubers because I have a very strict no drinking and driving rule. If I intend to consume even one cocktail, I will not drive. I just don't. Same. It's not <laughs> worth it. I'm not. I have a very. I'm like I'm slim and I'm tall. Just like Paris Hilton. And I know that she got a DUI off she of one a, fucking margarita. Yeah. And like I a margarita, I called it. <laughs> a margarita. I have always known that that would be me. Like the one night that I didn't get slammered and I decided to just take an like just drive myself out to a dinner. You got like a cider or something? Like it would be the night that you're just done. That's the night I get my DUI. Yeah. I'm not tempting fate, honey. I'm trying as hard as I can. I don't know if you've heard. I'm trying as hard as I can to stay out of jail. <laughs> I was like, this sort of goes back to my prison thing. It's like, I, if I got a Dewey, I'd be so embarrassed and like mortified. Like, you can't do anything with that. The one time that I had a little brush with the law, I was not booked. Like, they <sighs> ma- gave me a citation that meant that I yeah. was supposed to return to that state. Of course, charges were dismissed. But so there was no return. But um, I just, yeah, I need you to know that. I'm in like Ubers uh, about as much as you should be if you're going to consume right. alcohol in LA. I feel like people, yeah, they think that we're all like we're all like always taking Ubers. I have taken an Uber to the Kabbalah Center before once, but like other than that, I drive everywhere unless I'm going to be drinking. Sometimes also I have massive anxiety around driving. Like I didn't yeah. learn how to drive till I was 21. My mom really kind of put the fear of God in me. And now that I look back on it, it was like 
kind of an uncool manipulation on her part because like <laughs> I realize now, especially when I think about the Baron Vaughn episode of this show when we talked about um, basically single moms and the fear that is in them about money and the fear that kind of transfers down to children about money yeah. where it's like just it's paralyzing. I felt I felt that way about driving for a really long time, too, because I know my mom's point of view was always we can't afford it like we can't afford for you to drive where are you even going to get a car and yeah. like you're not going to use my car I need it for work so my mom didn't let me drive till 21 I still have a pretty bad anxiety around driving I've taken Ubers to places because I can tell that I'm going to have an anxiety attack like a panic oh, yeah. attack if I have to go to the Grove it's I'm getting in an Uber like it's that parking structure is not worth me yeah. like getting reckless and going to jail over like having a breakdown for yeah like, and our nothing. public transport's not amazing it's getting no. a hell of a lot better yeah i literally when i had a job in glendale which is about five miles away from koreatown it took me two and a half hours yeah. on a bus to get yeah. to my job every that's day real, yeah so i just want to say that it, that that's not round trip two and a half hours right. on the way <laughs> to work an hour on the way home so Anyway, my point in saying all of this is that I don't really like driving in general. I miss living in a city where you're allowed to like, read a book while you're transporting. Yeah, or you can like just walk and just like because that's my condensed. thing too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But now this this being said, let's talk about Uber etiquette. What are your feelings when you get into an Uber and the guy's like, "Hey, what do you do? You want to talk?" Blah, blah blah. Do you do you? Do you spar with him? Do you go back and forth? See, like, I'll, if I'm just like having a bad day, I'll still answer those questions. Just like I'm not as jazzed about it. And they yeah. usually pick up on that. Yeah. So it's like if I get in and I'm not like, oh, yeah, I'm a Pisces and like a Taurus rising, like, then they usually pick up. They're, they're usually like pretty, they know. Like, I also used to drive for Uber for like a, like five minutes. That's right. You did. Yeah. So that was my thing too. It's like when you get in the car, I'd be like, oh, like, how's your day? And like, you can tell if someone's like, if someone's just like good. Like, you know that like they're just trying to chill. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm going to Trader Joe's. And you're just like, okay. Did awesome they encourage story. you to do that? No, they didn't. T- they didn't. I don't remember them saying anything about like anything. It's kind of like the wild, wild west. And you've got an Uber driver that are just like, okay, you have insurance. And you've never killed anyone. Here you go. Because I've heard from people that have done Lyft that like they are instructed. Yeah, they make to... you like they make you like audition. I think that they like like someone rides with you, and it's like a it's, you like simulate driving it, for Lyft. It used to be that when you got in, they made you give a fist a fist bump. bump, which was the worst. Yeah, and was, the pink mustaches are gone too. It was also encouraged for like Lyft people passengers to sit in the and passenger the, seat the front. in the front yeah because yeah well also like someone told me that the rule was if you sit in the front you want to talk and if you sit in the back you didn't want to talk and i was like what mm. like they had this weird training of like where you're sitting based off based off of like and i i still will get in the front seat sometimes with an uber really? driver because yeah i'm not gonna lie i feel a little bit weird sitting in the back seat mm, of a beat up me. toyota camry <laughs> like <laughs> I, i'm not i'm saying all the time but from no, time know. to time i'm just i just make it easy i'm like hey what's up let's just be friends i'm just see like that made me uncomfortable when i was like someone got my yeah. front seat once and i got like a little uncomfortable with I, it i only really do it if i have it's too like the back seat's too crowded yeah like if me my if, yeah if i'm rolling like mad deep to the club i'll sit you know, wherever, like probably in the front or something. But other than that, I try not to sit in the front. Here's my deal is that sometimes I've been in Ubers before or Lyft, actually a Lyft where the guy who was driving really, really wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. And when I said to him, sometimes I just tell people like, 
you know, um, sorry, I like sometimes I'll just get in and off the bat, I'll say like, Hey, just so you know, like I'm going to be working on my phone. So I'm not really, I'm not really going to be paying attention. So if I don't talk, I just want you to know it's not personal. I'm just using this as my catch up time. And like, I'll make that really clear with certain people. Um, There's nothing better than the old town car drivers that are now (laughs) switched over. Yeah. Like the older Armenian men who sometimes will pretend they don't even speak English Ideal form just for to me. get yeah. around not speaking to you because they right. don't want to talk either. They're right. they're thinking about I don't know the family barbecue they're going to have that weekend. Exactly. Uh, they're allowed to do that. They're worried about how they're going to pay for their daughter's schooling. That's fine. Yeah, like that's real. I've never gotten in and like given like a heads up because like I don't think I have that in me. Just do you, be like, don't talk. One, the one question I always end up asking whenever I'm taking Uber is like, so how long have you been driving for Uber? Do you like it? Like that would drive me nuts because I, I'm like yeah. I'm like listen like you're going like five miles like yeah it's probably like 25 minutes in LA but I'm like we don't need like we're not gonna go beyond this yeah. like we're not gonna like follow each other on Twitter although I would love that I should have just promoted my Twitter the entire time but like there's no need for me to get into all of that really yeah like I kind of hate that like weird fluff LA conversation of like oh what do you normally do like you always an Uber driver like no babe I wish I was at home but I have bills to pay like I'm not doing it for fun I found out about Uber the first week it came to LA my like I have a a very rich friend who uh like it's ridiculous who provided free to and from Ubers to her party because it was um like a drinking blowout sort of thing okay and um that's when I first got Uber it was black cars and town cars yeah uh like SUVs and black cars only. And it was great. And because I was riding an Uber so early and often back in those days, I started to, I had like almost like an interview that I would do with all of my Uber drivers. And I treated it like journal, like I treated it like journalism. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would collect through lines. I was trying to figure out like what, I was trying to figure out the commonalities, the consistent complaints. Um, You know, I've actually been kind of shocked at how few people have complained about crazy drunk people. That's one of the things. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't I didn't get any crazy drunk people, which I think is really odd. Yeah. And I and so I thought I was doing like at one point and I would love to hear if people are interested in this. California is not a two two-way there's not a two-way recording law in place which means that if you're going to record a conversation with someone both parties involved need to know about it this is coming up a lot with the kim and kanye thing right in the state of new york for example yeah, it's like a (laughs) free-for-all yeah you can record anyone you have no you don't need to tell them there's they have no right it's a one it's a one party so like it's not like like the fbi could or like i could bug a room and have you guys have a conversation and me not being there it's like at least one person in the room has to be aware that's what i'm saying that's i think that's what I said but I yeah so I um found out that Las Vegas is one of those states you know you can book a a ticket to Las Vegas for $39 my mom always gets SLS room she'll tell you about it she's always down for a Vegas trip and I thought about flying to Vegas if I could get the proper funding for it we could even start a GoFundMe if you guys are like fucking nuts about this idea I thought that I would start a podcast where I fly to Vegas once a month or once every two months for like 24, 48 hours yeah. and just record a fuckload of footage. It's like taxi cab confessions, but Ubers. Exactly. Uber cab confessions. And I think in a city like half, you know, it could be interesting. Like you could do a season of all Las Vegas and a season of all New York. Uber yeah. in New York is is. Because Vegas has so many like weird conventions too that you'd get so much like such a good like demographic of different people all the time. 
Yes. It's also like rookie level partying. Like people right. who go there and they ne- they're they not used to drinking. Who it, buy like those big like guitar shaped things like full of beer and you're like, well, good luck, babe. Like it's not going to go well for you. No, I absolutely not. But like here's my only thing. I, I worry about how to get the audio because like, you know, you see right here, I record yeah. a lot on my iPhone and some stuff will pick up like really good. I can get really good audio quality if I just hold it up to my mouth. Yeah. But like, um. I wonder what the proper recording. I was thinking that recently. I was like, "This iPhone sucks as a phone. Like, I can't never hear anyone like when I'm talking on my iPhone. Like, using it as a phone. I realized lately, it's yeah. good for everything but a cell phone. But it was good enough. Uh, the voice memos were good enough for Calvin Harris to put Taylor Swift doing the ooze, and this is what she came for. That's true. You know, that's pretty impressive. That's yeah, good on good on Calvin. Good on Calvin. Good on Taylor. I love that song. It's a good so, song. do you have like a hard and fast set of rules that you follow? Like, take a through your uber yeah like you get into an uber you close the door Uh, again it varies on each time sometimes i get in and i'm feeling i'm in such like a good mood or whatever that i will hop in the front because it's nice to just like talk to someone sometimes yeah do you you, like navigate i love that yeah you know what i mean i love that what do you mean navigate like do you get in and you're like take this left because like that's like i hate that that's not my journey like i'm just like you can do you um i will sometimes have ubers and i get upset about this because i know what they're trying to do yeah when they say do you have a route you want me to take and it's like the route that I would like you to take is the cheapest, fastest one. A doy. Like, right. you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Use Waze, asshole. Like, yeah. there's apps. There's an app for that. Uh, yeah, like Uber. Yeah, even Uber has a navigation thing in there. But I have no, I very rarely ask for the auxiliary cord. I very oh, I rarely. I never do. I'm like, I'm embarrassed by that. I'm like, I don't want someone knowing that I'm listening to Carly Rae Jepsen's B-Sides someone on repeat. Someone told me last night, though, my Uber driver was like, you have really, really good taste in music. And How I was he, like, Oh, Thank wow. You. Yeah. Damn. I don't I think I've ever heard someone get that compliment before. Thanks. Yeah, I'm a really good Uber DJ. But again, yeah. no rules. Literally, the only rule is like, just be, know who you are. I'm just and concerned. And then not be afraid to put up a boundary. I'm just concerned because low said she knows not to look at uber drivers like what is going on where she lives i think that she means like she is repulsed by random conversation i hear that a lot though people say like the last thing i want like ew would be like an uber driver talking right and i'm like they're people they're not fucking garden gnomes i mean are you season one countess luann like literally should i call her should i call you mrs delisap yeah countess like yeah I feel like she's stressing a lot over, like, Ubers when, like, it's supposed to make our lives easier. And I feel like we all stress over it, but it's literally supposed to make our lives easier. Like, just get in the car. If you want to talk, talk. If you don't, don't. Deal with it the way that I think you should deal with everything in life, which is be yourself and be true to yourself. And don't, like, don't be afraid to be who you are in that moment. Like, if in that moment you're feeling friendly, this guy seems cool. Why not? Right. Also, just like, don't be an asshole. Like, if you get in your Uber and you're supposed to leave your house five minutes ago, like, that's never their fault. Just so we're right. all clear. Like, you, like, that's on you. So don't be, like, salty when they take, like, the first left instead of the second. You know, like, let it vibe. I will say this, though, is that as a writer, and this could be a reason why I really like talking to people in general, I love to hear other people's shit. Yeah. I don't want to just write from my own perspective. I want to hear other people's yeah. perspectives. It's, it's interesting. Really yeah. So anyway, take our next call. Hi, Malls. This is Andrea. Uh, I called earlier, and I feel like my message is extremely long, and I didn't actually ask you a question. So I'm going to make it short and sweet this time around. So pretty much, I am uh, 
was inspired to take the uh, um, the Myers-Briggs test because I've been just stalking you on different podcasts and you brought it up a couple of times and I am an INTJ. Um, and uh, right now I'm in this space where I'm trying to pursue uh, something other than just a job. I quit my normal job because they would not allow me to work from home uh, three days a week and and work at work three days a week. And it was just kind of a thing where I was just over it. I've worked really, really hard, really long hours. I've been in sales forever, all the way up until a territory manager. And I just felt like I deserved that extra space to spend time with my nine-year-old, whatnot. So it's kind of forced me to search for my passion. And I do have a job that I work from home for the most part, which is great. Um, but that's not the end game for me. Um, I, My question is, how do I get out of this space where I am kind of self-destructive in the area of pursuing new passions? Because I get extremely obsessive about it, which causes me to neglect the other relationships in my life um, or even things in my life. Where, and then I end up having to put it on a back burner, especially if it's not perfect. And I, and I always have this feeling of needing to be, uh, you know, Either it's go hard or go home. Like, literally, that's how I live my life. And it's not that great when you're pursuing something that's maybe not – there's no road laid out for you, and um, you have to kind of figure it out yourself. So um, hopefully you can give me some advice with that. Thank you so much for putting out some awesome content. I love it so much, and have an amazing day. And just FYI, I'm 29. I'll be 30 in January, so I'm not too young, but I'm not too old. So bye. And in her first voice note, this is important. She mentioned that she wanted to get into uh, wellness, not just like health fitness. That was her creative endeavor that she wanted to try to get into somehow. Okay, cool. Well, I uh, am going to let Christina answer most of this question just because she actually has the same personality type of you. I have to say, though, knowing Christina and having read so much about her personality type and also realizing Christina and I like outside of the eye, like we're pretty different. And we've always, we've always known that. Like, I think we are also uh, drawn to be friends because we are so different, but um, like totally basically different uh, views on things. So uh, for anyone at home, um, basically the Myers-Briggs test focus on, um, four different key points of a person's personality and you take this test. It probably takes about 20 minutes. And, um, the first initial stands for how they focus their attention on getting, or I'm sorry, the first point is, um, the first letter rather is how they focus their attention or get their energy. The second letter is how they perceive or take in information, uh, the third is how they prefer to make decisions. And the fourth is how they orient themselves to the external world. Um, and for you, basically, for people at home, this personality test, uh, this personality in particular is I is introversion, preferred to extroversion. INTJs tend to be quiet and reserved. They generally prefer interacting with a few close friends rather than a wide circle of acquaintances and they expend energy in social situations. Um, this is where extroverts traditionally gain energy. N is intuition, preferred to sensing. INTJs tend to be more abstract than concrete. They focus their attention on the big picture rather than the details, and on future possibilities rather than immediate realities. Um, T is thinking. Um, 
preferred to feeling. INTJs uh, tend to value objective criteria above personal preference or sentiment. While, uh, when they make decisions, they generally give more weight to logic than to social considerations. Uh, and J is judgment. Um, as an auxiliary function, uh, INTJs tend to approach life in a structured way, planning and organizing their world to achieve their goals. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting that one, you went into the wellness um, sort of profession, that sort of world um, that doesn't that doesn't seem very INTJ to me. Um, I also, um, you know. Christina in particular, she's a very like punch in, punch out, like working person. Like she goes, you know, she works really hard while she is supposed to be there. And like she can, it seems like has an ability to separate her work from home. That's why I'm kind of surprised that you wanted to work at home for three days a week. Also, I just think it's a little bit, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it's a little bit selfish to assume that you should be able to work from home three days a week. Like, depending on what your job is, the only people that I really know that can do that are people who work in, like, medical sales or a, a sales profession that doesn't rely on them being there necessarily in person, maybe a programmer who works really well at home and gets a lot of stuff done and just comes in at the end of the week for a check-in. Most jobs don't have that option. Um, even creative jobs I know yeah. where, um, you know, like the Gawker office, for example, sure, a lot of people chose to work from home, but you were really, really encouraged to be in the office and have a presence yeah. in the office. I didn't work at the Gawker offices ever. I was remote in L.A., but that was the kind of vibe th throughout the company. Um so all of that said, I want to kind of turn this over to Christina. Um, I But one thing that has nothing to do with your personality or your career is the fact that you have a nine-year-old son. And it sounds like you really want to be spending time with him and be there for him. Um, and you also have a massive responsibility to be a great example for him. And however you want to go through that example, whether it be by spending quality time with him or being someone that works really hard and has earned something for yourself. That's up to you how you want to do it. I just have to say, I'm surprised to hear this question from this personality type. Christina, what do you think? Um, it doesn't surprise me that she's having so much trouble getting to where she wants to be. Um, and I've said this on the pod before and I'll say it again. Like if I had waited till this po podcast was perfect in order to start doing it, I would have never started it. Like, I never would have gotten to the point where, like, I was just putting stuff out there. And I'm Because it would never be perfect. I'm yeah. so the opposite of that. I'm like, it's never going to... I had to learn that early on, though, I think, because, like, it's never going to be that important. This is... They talk about this in the book, The War of Art. Yeah. Your art is never going to be perfect. And, like, you can honestly... The second I send a script in, I always read it again after it's been emailed, because for some reason, I, I read it differently. Yeah. And... um. I always am like, oh, that could have been better. That could have been better. But the but the important part is, is that it's out there. Yeah. Because if there's nothing for anyone. But to it's consume, hard to realize that, though, because I mean, like, I would love things to be perfect. It's hard to get to that point of where you realize it doesn't have to be perfect. Well, and the other logically thinking if there's nothing for anyone to consume, how can you get yeah. feedback or move forward? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And the other thing is that because so much of our thinking, so much of our um, the way we process things is, is internal, you're never going to get out of that loop unless you actually start 
vocalizing right. it externally and trying yeah. to actually get get it done externally because then you're just going to turn on your internal wheels until well, you go yeah. crazy. And I'm sure because I've done yeah. that. Yeah, and I'm sure she. I mean, she has a nine year old son. It's probably terrifying to just yeah. like put yourself out there and like try something mm-hmm. new because you can't really do that when you're caring for someone else. You have to be like thinking about where your next you know paycheck is coming from. And yeah, all that. and the clock in clock out part of my personality really just comes from the fact that like I have a like a very strong like I'm a salaried employee. They don't pay me to think off the clock and it's more so a value for me. And that is something about you that has always fascinated me because I don't I'm not boundaried like that. Like I, I live for boundaries. Yeah. I would go home <laughs> and think about work till I went to oh, bed. Yeah, like I am so like the my mom had this motto with me that just killed me growing up like it killed me because it always made me feel like I wasn't doing enough or being good enough but that was something that's really stuck with me and like any like minimal success I've had it's come from that inner attitude of good enough is never good enough and like I can't walk away from something being like, yeah, it's fine. While I do have, while I realize it's a necessity for for me to do that with like writing or my art or whatever, that my art, my Snapchats, um, (laughs) while I realize that that's important, I also, um, I also just like, I couldn't, even when I was a salaried employee, that's, like yeah. the idea of that's not my job or like yeah, I it never or, occurs to me or I, I, I yeah. am uh, entitled to a lunch break. Like for years, I wish more than anything I could go back and literally take advantage of things like lunch breaks yeah. or like even I don't know, like you're good at that. It could be because my mom is like my mom has worked in HR for 20 years. And since yeah. I was like when I started entering the workplace, she drilled it into my head. You know, they don't pay you to to like not work on lunch they don't like you're supposed to take your lunch break yeah you know and so if i'm not they're not compensating me for that then i'm gonna take my lunch break you know it's like she's like get money get money but it's (laughs) also just like for my own mental health like because if i allowed myself to think like that because i will get obsessive i have like those cycling thoughts and if i if i do allow myself to keep thinking about things when i'm off the clock i won't i won't sleep I will be anxious constantly. It's like I have to cl- check out for. I have to put that in a box yeah. See, and I put don't it have away those, yeah. for my mental health because then I will. I will just keep spinning in my wheels. Absolutely, that's so. That's so interesting to me. There's also like in Hollywood. There's kind of like a. Um, it's this is different, but also a similar thought. I think that it has to do a lot of times with your ability to be happy in your in your personal life, like work life balance. Like, yeah. there's this old like kind of. I, I don't know saying or whatever that like the shows that go until like 11 p.m. one in the morning like the writers are there pulling all-nighters typically the showrunners who run those shows are not happy in their personal life they don't want to go home yeah like they, the, for going home for them is a negative thing so they would rather just stay and yeah. like you know, continue Put to pitch jokes when, yeah, the, exactly. when the jokes were fine the first 30 times exactly, and yeah. four hours earlier, you know, like Todd, uh, Todd is so funny. He's always like, if we wind up making our show, he's like, we're never staying for dinner. He's like, there's like, yeah, well-oiled machines don't order sushi for dinner. And that's like, yeah, I mean, sh- yeah. a lot of shows do that. There's ways to get around it. I will yeah. say that being said, like a comment that I get a lot. And, and any per- workplace that I've been in has been like, do you go? Did you go home? Like, are you still here? I'm usually like the first person in and the last person out, usually. But um, I'm good at like clocking out when I'm clocked out. 
See, I'm so bad. But, I so no like back to the caller. Not about this isn't all about me. But um, <laughs> no, but it is because like it, the fact, first of all, this Myers-Briggs shit has blown my mind. Do you know yours? Yeah, it blew my mind when and I, I just and it's dis- still blowing my I mind. I just discovered like, that I share one with Piper Chapman. So I'm going to retake it when I get home. Oh, honey, you're in that. trouble. OK, first of yeah. all, no to that. Yeah. I I rebuke is, it. I like have, I'm done retaking it. No, I have a friend who's like bipolar or something like she's not my friend anymore. But like <laughs> I have this person who's like she's a mentally troubled person who needs a lot of validation. And I've been told by people that she has retaken her Myers-Briggs multiple times because <gasps> she wants better results. Like, she thinks that the results... That like it's true, a BuzzFeed quiz? Like... Yeah, no, yeah. It's like, and <laughs> That's it's, so funny. And and so, no to retaking Fine. your test. I mean, I'm you also, also sharing one with, with Robin Williams. So it I'm does like, change. Chill. It does change. Like, it does change as whatever you're feeling. Like, I would imagine... So. Yeah, like, it, it, yeah, so it's like, how do you have an accurate one? But, but I don't is, know. I, but I don't know if that's necessarily true because you may change the s- certain things about your life and the way that you do things but I'm an introvert for life I could oh, never yeah. become an extrovert no. like I yeah. that is who I am in my core it burns me the fuck out to have to talk to like going to work and yes. like having to be in an office yes. and talk to people burns me out every day and I just have to like I can't take That's it really like funny. Friday is really hard but <laughs> I just want to give I'm just completely burned out by Friday a quick shout out to my cousin um who was the one who told me about um, who told me about the Myers-Briggs test. And she actually had a really interesting point that's like kind of already starting to change my relationship with my mom is that she decided to uh, after she took her test and felt like she had really kind of learned everything about her life that she had been wondering about the entire time because there's something you can know yourself all day long, but there's something about reading it and writing mm-hmm. and feeling validated yeah. that makes like a lot of the crazy voices that make you check yourself yeah. constantly go away right. yeah. or at least yeah. dissipate or understand them and yeah. just say, you right. know what? Like I, you're um, like you're an I and yours ends with a J, right? So you're you you lead with judgment as your auxiliary function which is so interesting and i am perception which is like oh okay that makes so much sense i spend so much time concerned with perception yeah and i very actually looking back on it i very rarely make judgments and like that is uh that is uh, that's kind of how i illuminating for me right but anyway my cousin um elizabeth o'brien it's um at el underscore oh underscore b E, uh, L O B. Um, that is her Twitter name. She told me to take the Myers Briggs because she had also had her parents take it, and she said that they started oh. arguing less. And um, a big reason why is because the entire family basically understands now that when someone makes a comment, it's not coming from a place of yeah your perception. It's coming from a place of. Oh, I understand that person. Right. When they when they're dealing with something, they go into fear mode. They shut down. They're an extrovert. That's why they always are Ed is like the classic version 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 of a extrovert. Yeah. Like when I would be depressed and be like, I can't, I can't leave the house. He'd be like, let's go to the Abbey. And I'm like, 
why would you say um, you're depressed? Let's go seven layers deeper into hell. <laughs> right? What the fuck are you talking? Yeah, about? of all places. But now that I look back on it, when when Ed is like in a mood, like the first thing he wants to do is like go out, get a martini, be yeah. around people, right. see and be seen. Um, so I really recommend that you have your your romantic partners, your parents, Everyone, people that yeah. you interact with on a day to day basis, and read their whole profile. Yeah. I had to read about my mom's relationship with sex, which was disgusting for Ooh. me but it also helped you probably yeah understand her relationships it helped yeah. me understand her relationships yeah. a lot and obviously my mom's relationships were a gigantic part of my ch- right. oh trust me the letter i'm gonna get about this one it's, <laughs> it's gonna but, but it were a gigantic part of my life i will say that the jade is like judgment doesn't mean that you're just mental it just means that you're a planner as opposed to right. being like let's just see what happens like that's the op- that's the, the p is for like i'm being not up to like whatever. That. i'm not i'm i'm not like let's just see what happens like i got a uh someone the other day to like accuse me of like functioning from a place of worst case scenarios and i just said like no this is like i'm just trying to protect myself yeah that's how i am 100 percent. yeah yours ends, with a, yours ends with a p or a j uh i'm an infpt oh uh, so the p yeah it says that you're that's like supposed to be up for whatever it's perception it's like you tend to uh delay important decisions and you keep to prefer your leave your options open should circumstances change i think maybe if that if that is that exists because that's so not me in relationships i am like the most ride or die like i had an ex you know not that long well, ago well i mean like but ex- are you a planner like do you plan your day like you like we had this conversation about like i'm very like i'm a routine i'm a routine person like i'm yeah. predictable um i'm i'm open to my routine changing because here's my main thing <laughs> is that i believe God, I wish that I could just like you're keeping your option open. Send a recorded message to every person who asked me how how to quote unquote make it in Hollywood. I don't have the answer. My only answer is is keep your eyes open for opportunities yeah. because you never know what's going to be the thing that leads you. Yeah. There's nothing that makes me more sad than thinking about a buoyant bright 21 year old sitting at an assistance desk right for seven who just like years. thinks that you have to do that for yeah. seven years to get anywhere because it couldn't be more further from the truth yeah <laughs> so ultimately my my from one intj to another i will tell this user that or this user <laughs> i will tell this listener that um get out of your head you know you yeah. can't you nothing gets accomplished by thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking again right i mean you're very like you can research the hell out of something but until you make that until action you yeah you're not actually doing anything and until you actually are right. in the mix actually doing something right. doing it instead of thinking about doing it then i don't know where i was going on with it stop thinking about doing no, I get it, it. Yeah, you can like read it. like how to like fly a plane on wikipedia but you're not yeah you'll figure it out when you you're like, actually yeah, doing it like do it, don't yeah. try to plan and plan it out that's the j yeah. coming out like just try to actually do it and just get in the mix up. yeah yeah and i think that's one of the reasons really why i haven't been too. writing is yeah. because i'm like oh i want it to be perfect and i have to accept the fact that it's not right. going to come out the way that i want it to right and i just have to do it and celebrate its imperfections i guess yeah uh, love it. We have a letter. Alexis is going to read it. Yes. Okay. I'm a 30-something black homo living it up in Atlanta. I'm hoping that my issue isn't too heavy for your show, but I'm always interested in different perspectives on things. With that said, a few weeks ago after this recent bout of cop shootings slash cops being shot, I was telling one of my good friends, he's also my roommate, 
that I was just kind of overwhelmed in general by everything happening. And he used that moment to voice his unsolicited opinion about the entire Black Lives Matter movement, not being something he feels like he could ever, quote unquote, stand behind because he thought that people that represent it were, quote unquote, too aggressive. I found his views problematic, not only because he's white, but because I also didn't ask for his stance at all. And I feel like him saying that type of thing almost as a sort of malicious undertone. I try not to get too overly dramatic about things, but given the racial climate around the world as of late, it's really hard not to. We've talked about race before, and he's dropped bits of ignorance into our conversations, i.e., you're not really black because you talk too proper. <laughs> so I'm not completely surprised. I've gotten that. It's the worst. I've got. I get I've it all the time. <laughs> so I'm not completely surprised. I'm just hurt. And my initial reaction was slash is to stop talking to him and move out. I know sometimes people feel it's better to use moments like this as a learning opportunity. But having known him for more than a decade, I don't feel like he's, his stance is going to change. Deep down, I really believe he's racist and the only reason we're friends is because I don't fit the mold of what he thinks a typical black person is. Talking with my other friends, I've been reminded that sometimes white people have a different perspective on issues like this because I don't direct, it doesn't directly affect them. And if I get that, and I get that, but don't, it makes, if it makes sense. My question to you is how do you think I should approach this? Thanks for any insight. XOXO Tobes. Wow. Uh, well, first of all, I think that I should probably be the, uh, well, no, I'll just talk and get it out of the way and then everyone else can <laughs> yell at me or correct me or whatever. <laughs> I, um, you know, look, I had s- just one thing that I, I want to throw out there that I thought summed up people, the way people need to understand and accept the Black Lives Matter movement is because, okay, so for example, like it's literally like, it's the Save the Rainforest campaign. Yeah. You're not saying fuck all forests. You're yeah. just saying these are the forests right now that yeah. need our attention right. and that we need to come out here for. Um, it was so interesting. Just I my friend Marissa Ross has been going downtown every Tuesday um, to be a part of. I don't know. Not to call it. It's not a Black Lives Matter protest, really. It's they're not protesting Black Lives Matter. It's more of a rally in protest of the way that the Los Angeles police specifically oh, yeah, Chief City Hall. Beck. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend that does that. Yeah. yeah, and it's it was awesome. Like, it was a great event, but mm-hmm. I have to say it was also really fucking depressing. We're only on day 29, or we were at that time, yeah. day 29 of these protests. No one. It was me, my friend Marissa, and this guy named Mike, uh, another white guy who was about 50 or 60 years old and he was from Brooklyn and he's yeah. been a big part of just yeah. um, creating progress his whole life. Like that's his whole thing. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know if people are necessarily aware of this, but um, in Los Angeles this year, there's been nine. First of all, Los Angeles is um, has the most murderous police force of any police yeah. force in our nation, which I did not know. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we live in a very liberal city and like obviously, especially in certain parts of this city, um, it's it's still very much a black community. And yeah. you see, there's not a lot going on there there's not new businesses coming in to thrive right. there's not it's one of the few like some of the areas that are, are known as black neighborhoods in LA are still some of the most segregated neighborhoods right. like there's not that 
gentrification that goes on with um you know like let's like say echo park or like or yeah something you know what i mean yeah yeah all of that yeah highland park yeah exactly Perfect example yeah um and so it's it's very interesting because like la in particular has kept black people in their one spot for yeah. the most part yeah uh, and they live throughout the city of course but the black neighborhoods are still very black neighborhoods yeah. now I had I I had no idea that nine people just this year had been murdered in L.A. and that the a big reason why these rallies are going on is because Chief Beck refuses to give the causes of death officially, even to the families. They still not have released the bodies to the families, which, you know, for some of these people, they've been dead for months. Right. And these families haven't even been able to give to them like, a burial yeah, to like grieve and like you know, fully go through it all. You know, I don't I don't know if they necessarily need to hear on paper. Uh, that's not necessarily as much as a need or humanity right. issue to me. Would they have the cause of death, although it would be nice? Yeah. What feels like the most basic human right is to be able to bury your son, your yeah. daughter, your father, your mother, the Whoever, best, yeah. the, the way that you want to. Yeah. Um, and people go into City Hall, allies and um, family members as well. I don't even believe the family members are trying anymore because it's gone so horribly. But if you ask about these bodies and you ask about the causes of death, they remove you from city council meetings, which is supposed to be another one of our fucking easy, yeah. God-given rights like the, in this yeah, country. The least they could do. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, I personally can't speak to any more than that, except that just like, you know, uh, spend five fucking minutes doing any of this. I was out there for two hours one day. You're going to learn shit yeah. that should be national news level stuff and maybe is, but it's not getting picked up by the news outlets. Yeah, you'll be I shocked see. I haven't by, seen on Twitter yeah. that LA is the most murderous yeah. police force. Like, that is crazy. And I, so are you, yeah. Sorry, are you suggesting he takes his roommate to these things? Because like... The I'm, just suge- I'm just saying, like, I'm going to speak for my part as a white person that, like, I know very little. I don't know the black experience. I could and begin to if I tried um, you know there are people who have made comments about this podcast before calling me you know racist and stuff like that and I have figured out that the best way to respond to that is to not respond to it at all yeah. because even my defense of myself would sound probably yeah. racist right. um, I think that there are probably parts of me as much as I consider myself like I'm not I'm not saying you know oh I don't I, I have um, I have a black friend uh, yeah but no, like literally no joke. I don't have any white friends. Like I can, be- I have like two, I have like two white friends. So like we should I switch friend groups. live in a very, I live yeah. in a very interest. I like it, live in a very interesting world where there's a lot of conversation going on all the time. And there's still so much stuff that I don't know. Yeah. So maybe take them to one of these events. But in general, the other thing I want to point out too, is that I was talking to a young boy recently who told me that, you know, many years ago when he first started on Twitter, he was started in high school and he grew up in a racist area of this country, which is, by the way, if there's a reason to travel America and in, in when you especially if you're like me and you've grown up only in liberal cities, um, spend five minutes in any area in the South and you're going to hear shit that like you can't even believe people still say out loud. Like it is like a time travel thing. Like I literally had a guy say to me like, Oh, I went out to I went out to L.A. and uh, he's like like nine faggots hit on me, and I was like I couldn't like he said it to me like he was saying like oh I went to the store today and bought some racist pieces. Yeah, (laughs) I mean I understand where you're coming from, but also like it 
I I hear stuff like that. Like I've heard I've been called a spick to my face by someone oh, yeah. in LA. Absolutely. And I and first of all, I believe that, but yeah. I'm just saying that it I, and trust me, I believe that my friend Shannon who like who lives in Boston, she's a black woman and when I said to her like you would not believe, I believe I texted her when I was in Maryland and I said you would not believe the shit that I have heard in the 15 minutes since I got off this plane. Yeah. And she said, Boston's like that too. So I know that that exists. Oh, yeah. But like the, the, anyway, my point being is that I think that a lot of people get very spoiled on information. Um, this young boy told me that, um, fit to wrap this story up and then I'll let you guys talk. He told me that when he grew up in high school, like it was to use the F slur or to use the N word or whatever was very common amongst white kids he didn't even give it a second thought and um one of the his favorite things about joining twitter was that it was his first opportunity to hear voices that weren't like the ones he grew up with yeah he said like you know back in the day like i wrote some problematic i wrote like problematic tweets and um he said but i he's like but i know so much more now and and i said to him like and what what's like what was the reaction when you tell people about this? They're like, "Yeah, I can't believe you didn't know. Like you should have known that." Right. And like the thing is is that I just want to say that when you're dealing with someone who is coming from a place of ignorance, when they finally start to turn a corner, the best thing you can do no matter what side of this issue is on is not yell at them for being ignorant in the first place because they are trying to come out of that now and to shame them makes them afraid to have a dialogue and learn more. So when someone is coming to you, no matter what the subject is, I think it's really, really important that you handle them with kindness and you handle them the way that you would want to be treated with, with anything. Like you don't, you know, if you learned how to do algebra one day and your algebra teacher said like, what are you fucking stupid? The algebra has been on the board this entire semester. Triggering. That's that's my algebra class. It's not, that's not okay. So yeah. Anyway, I also think it's like, you guys go. I think there's like a very thin line there too, because there are people that like, I mean, he's lived with this guy for, I think he said, you know, long ass time. You, I think there's like, as a black person, I will say there's three people that I can tell where like when it's worth it and when it's not worth it. And lately, unfortunately, it's not worth it a lot of times. Like, for whatever reason, this year is just there's something in the water where it's not worth it most of the time. And I mean, I've had friends like this. I grew up, I went to private schools until ninth grade. So almost all of my friends are white. And a lot of them I've just had to cut out of my life because it's not worth it's not worth my like mental health to to teach someone that's like not even willing to listen. There are people that are like, that are curious and come and are like, Oh, I have a question about this. Like, why is this this way? Or like, why is like, what's the, like the point of black lives matter. And it's like, I I'm willing to explain that, but there are people that I think that are coming from a place of like negativity and aren't curious at all that you need to be careful of. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know how you would turn that around in someone who would, unless they were open to hearing it. And it didn't seem like this guy's roommate is, yeah. I'm not sure if he he's open to hearing it or how to get him to see a different perspective. And I'm just worried that it's like if this person is willing to listen, that it's going to take so much work that this that this listener is going to like exhaust himself and go down like a dark path of like being so frustrated by this person that it's not going to turn out well. Well, I mean, like he could just inversely say to the person like, hey, you know me. I'm black. Like, yeah, I might not be like your ideal black like the typical black well, like yeah. the fact that his roommate said that he talked white was just kind of like yeah that always that's always been like a trigger for me because i've heard it so much growing up and Same. i hear it from my family like from the my family whole yeah. nine 
I mean, like the last time I was on this podcast, mom was like, you talk like a white girl. And I was like, okay, bye. Yeah, Gotta go. What does that even mean? It's You're interesting. Cause, like, can I really ask crazy. you this though? Cause you always, you used to joke about this a lot. Your alter ego, Karen Lawrence. <laughs> yes. I don't joke about it as much. I think I did that as like a, de- uh, like a, t- a defensive. Defusing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, Cause it's hard. It's like, it, when it's you, when hard up hearing that you get really like, because it's questioning your authenticity as a Hispanic, uh, as a person of color. Right. And it's like, and it's also and, like, I've yeah. been called not a real Puerto Rican my whole life because of the way I talk or because of the fact that I don't speak fluent Spanish. Yeah. And it's like, so I get to benefit from all the racist shit that I get for being actually brown. Right. Without having That's the benefit I was of say, being a I, real Puerto yeah. Rican. Wait, I have to ask you just like, I don't want to uh, push on anything that that you don't want to, but like what... Because you had, I think, dealt with this within your own family, mm-hmm. correct? It was my own family members. It usually, yeah. yeah, that's where it starts, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's where, honestly, most mental trauma yeah. starts. Yeah, it's, it's yes, it starts in the home. Like, well, back in the day, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it starts at home. Um, it was never my immediate family members, but it was also my, like, my extended family. Yeah. And, like... M- the way my parents try to get me off of it is like they're jealous, so they're just trying to pick at you for anything. And your your skin color was also darker than theirs as well. From my mom's side, yes, but that didn't actually come from that came from my dad's side of the family, like the being called white thing and like the not real Puerto Rican. That came from my dad's you side. Both of like, your parents like are fair skinned. My dad's the same skin tone as I am. He is. Yeah. It's just because, like, in New... I'm sunk... This is me sun-kissed. Okay. okay. So, like, when you see my shoulder... Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Girl, you need to be wearing sunscreen. I'm upset. <laughs> what is going on? I wear so much sunscreen. She, Christina has a fucking funny. farmer's tan. What is <laughs> going like, on? I'm like, babe, you have to work on that. Um, but, yeah. yeah like that's, I, would, I would say, to, like, such on that. It's, like, when you hear those, like, you talk white... It, for me, it was harder because it was, like, I would go to school and I'd be the only black person Ugh. in class. So I already didn't fit in there. So then to like go to family functions and hear like you talk white and then not fit in there. This like you said, it's like why well, don't fit in in the outside world. So if my family isn't having it, then what am I meant to yeah, do? Yeah, I mean here's the thing. My Myers Briggs said I was an INTJT, which means turbulent, which yes. means that like internally you're like you have a battle, and yeah. it stems from the fact that every aspect of my identity lives in a gray area. Same. Yeah, I'm not. Technically, if I go to Puerto Rico, I'm an American. Right. Here, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, I don't self-identify as straight. I'm not. I self-identify as bisexual. So I'm yeah. not straight, and I'm not completely so lesbian. Got, yeah. So like the lesbians are like, no, you're straight. And yeah, like, straight it's a people phase. are like, no, you're a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I live in this gray area, and I it I have that turbulent personality, and so like I just define my own identity, and I've just right. in my 30s that I started last month. Um, I define myself as a person. And so like that aside, I'm I'm getting off on a tangent. I can't even remember where I started, but like you, if I'm Puerto Rican because I say I am Puerto Rican. Yeah. You know what I mean? Regardless of like how I feel it is. But it is hurtful to hear someone say that, oh, you talk like a white person. Like, what does that mean? Because I speak eloquently or I speak you like know what's, okay. especially in this day and age where people are getting shot for being and black. It's like, like it's harder because it's like So what does that mean a, that you right. think what black sounds like. Well, that's the thing. Also, the, like, Issa are we, are we sure that, well. like, Trayvon Martin, did he ever speak? So it's like, did, did him, like, if he did speak like a white person, would that even have mattered? Like, he's right. still, he still got shot for his, the color of his yeah. skin. So, like, the way I speak has literally nothing to do with my experience as 
a, you know, a black woman because that people don't speak to me, but they still have assumptions about me just seeing me on the street. I will say to this guy whose roommate who has to deal with this roommate, like you might be the only black person that that person actually has a conversation yes. with and knows right. intimately and exhausting as it is to like be the person to have to like guide someone through racial stuff like yeah. racial history and like make them woke um it, which is not your responsibility but as the only person who he probably interacts with as a person of color yeah, like I it's exhausting but yeah if you're not doing it then who is but i also because like i kind of struggled with my last job where i would like have these issues of like cultural appropriation and i got to a point where i would just i stopped bringing it up because it just wasn't worth it and people weren't hearing me and people would say well like that's your job, you know, like you should help them. And like, I get that. But also it's like at this, these people are in their thirties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If, if it's not your job, yeah, like but if, it if his is. roommate cared enough to educate himself, he would have like, we live yeah. in the age where you can learn literally anything in a second on your phone. Yeah. But it's like, it's like abstract knowledge. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, just, it's just kind of like flat on the page versus like, you're actually talking to a person who has right. lived this experience, you know? But I, but I think that if they've been living together for 10 years, yeah, this is, this is the first time this has come up. So I think that like, that's a long time to live with someone. If he, if like he should, he should at the very least be not saying like these things about the Black Lives Matter movement because that to me says that like you're not even interested in like hearing what he has to say because you are already making this assumption. Can I ask an appropriation question? Sorry, yeah, I just yeah. This is something I've always wondered because like I definitely have a lot of things in my life that that I love that yeah. came from other cultures like yeah. they just did. Like for example, like basic because I was just staring at them. Nail art, for example. That is something white girls have completely appropriated oh, yeah. from black culture. Tumblr just took it. 100%. Yeah. And so that makes me wonder, what's the difference between that? And I think there is a difference. I just don't know how to pinpoint it. That and then like a, like a Twitter person who consistently uses um things from black culture or rap culture or whatever else as jokes in there yeah you know to for make me, up a joke for me personally like and this it obviously i don't think for everyone but for me it comes from a point of like like you said that you don't really have many white friends like i think that there's like a point in time where you can kind of like you can tell when someone i don't even know how to explain it but like when, when someone is like being offensive with her you know so for me like a big one is just like cornrows and this whole thing because it's like i know that if i were to walk into my job with cornrows like yes. i would not be seen the same when i have braids i'm not treated the same way that as i as i am when i don't have braids so for me like that's when i really and like for like also the thing is just be willing to understand that be willing to listen and be willing to accept that and maybe if you're going to have braids like try to use that as a moment as like it's like a teaching moment don't just be like don't be upset that you can't have this like hairstyle people get so wrapped up in that like well why can't i and it's like you can, but just know that when I do it, it doesn't turn out well. <laughs> I think my your my favorite genre of text you send me is like when you will screen cap like the most like ridiculous, frivolous bitch like talking about her fairy lessons, like how to how, like how how to make your own fairy wings, and um everyone bring like. <laughs> you know, gluten-free yogurt. And right. you're just, you'll send me a text being like, is this what white girls do? And I'm like, I just have so no. many questions. Well, yeah. And, and the answer is no. That's what horrifying people do. <laughs> I just wonder, I'm like, I'm like, is that, I'm like, is that your biggest problem? Is that like Whole Foods didn't have, you know, your favorite, whatever. Like, look, I'm like, people are being shot. Like, why are you worried about like Whole Foods not having like good Wi-Fi? You know, like, yeah, I, just, I have these questions of like, 
Which the like downtown one has terrible Wi-Fi, I will say. <laughs> I'm gonna try to wrap this up just real yeah. quick. I'm gonna say to the people to the person who wrote Trobes, um, decide whether or not your roommate actually wants to yeah. has the capacity to like empathize and learn and like a des- and desire to learn right. about the movement or at least try to understand the black experience. Yeah, I would see yeah, I would suggest because I've done this recently, like sitting down with that person on like a one on one setting and bringing it up and you know starting that and conversation. Talk about your own experience. Yeah, talk about your own experience. If you personally, right. this friend that he's been friends with for ten years has been through this something. Right. That and he and if he's not affected by that, he's well, not. Gonna he's say, never gonna be, be like knowing someone for ten years isn't really the same as like knowing how what it's like to be black for ten years. So yeah. I would say like sit down, have this conversation, be like, hey, like this is real for me, and this is why I think Black Lives Matter movement. And like the second you see like his eyes roll or like you see that little bit of just like him not having it. Then you know this person is not worth it and, you know, a, a garbage pail. Like, and you need to move out. Move on. Yeah, yeah, move on and move out. One question, though, because, like, this is actually, it's, it's like bizarre because Christine and I were having a conversation before we started today. And I was asking questions because I, like, didn't under, I didn't yeah. really understand the scenario. And I was trying to really, like, even out. Like, I don't, I, I didn't understand. And, like, I think that, I, I, you know, I don't know if you were offended by it or what, but I just want to say that like people when they are learning are going to ask questions yeah. and a lot of them are going to seem dumb. A lot of them are going to seem like, well, why wouldn't you even think that? But just remember when you are teaching someone about anything yeah, to just be like be realize that like that's not necessarily symptomatic of them not caring about you right. or, or, or refusing to believe you yeah they just want to understand and just be thankful that they're asking those questions instead of just like keeping them inside and like whatever Making you know whatever I the know, question but sometimes is they can see when they're asking what it's like they're trying to justify the the the, the way that it, oh things yeah are for it's sure. like that's just the way things are well yeah they like, like, like well, what, no, what about black on black crime oh, yeah and did i'm you like think i was doing that though this morning like did you think a that- little bit yeah okay because i didn't mean what for my question, questions to come across it just was a question of like Christina was applying for something and I said like I think that's because look I've been in this watching these Lifetime movies for some reason she cried no really spoke to me because I realized (laughs) I've been through sexual assault before yeah and the first thing that happens when people when you are sexually assaulted is they want to try and understand the situation and especially if you have not lived through sexual assault and this is a conversation that doesn't come up often it was so interesting to me in the movie that her her one roommate who was like, you know, I don't think I've ever done anything like this, but her one roommate was like, you got drunk and um, it was basically like you forgot what happened. So how do you even know he raped you? Maybe you did say yes. Uh, I don't think I've asked questions like that necessarily, but it's very interesting because as soon as she put together, uh, Candace Cameron's character put together this like little viral video um, basically explaining what had happened and who the people who she was accusing rape of um her roommate turned to her and just was like i am so sorry like i don't even begin to know how to say how sorry i am to you and i said this is a really interesting example of how social change happens oh yeah people just sometimes i've had yeah i was gonna say i've had like conversations recently with friends where it's like i kind of had to just like pop off and like be real because they just did not get it but then they got it so on like on top of that like i because i will get really like fiery about these things and just really salty really quickly and i think mm-hmm. people tend to think that i'm like 
you know, I play into that angry black woman narrative so often. And it's hard when you're doing it over and over and over right. again. At this the point, same it's like conversations. Yeah, like, you, like it's right. easy. Like the fuse gets shorter and shorter. Yeah, like, I've been black for just like, yeah. I apologize because I think I shut down a little bit, but I'm just like kind of exhausted and having to right. explain it over and I, yeah, over I was again. Yeah, I will. I think it's important my for allies to not realize. For you, not to you. Yeah, but like I've been black for 24 years. So it's like I've been doing this for a very long time and I've yeah. been through a lot of this. So like. A lot of times we are going to get frustrated because it's like there's no telling what, who asked me what, you know, 20 minutes ago. But like so like that sometimes comes off on the next white person or the next person who's asking those questions, which is unfortunate. But it's like we're, we're all fed up at this point. You know, like we're all yeah, very frustrated. No, and like I and by the way, like I like genuinely like I genuinely love you. And like no, if there was. Yeah, I love you too. And if if. Um, a person I didn't give a shit about said that to me. I literally wouldn't give it a second thought. I'd be like, yeah. okay, whatever. Um, because I, I, yeah, but no, I genuinely love you and like I want great things for you. So I was kind of asking you questions the same way I would if a friend told me like I didn't get a job interview. Like just any random person, I'd be like, well, or I didn't get that job I interviewed for. Oh well, what happened? Like, did you shit talk your boss? Like, that yeah. would be that would be the question. Those are the types of questions right. I ask. But yeah, but like for us, when we hear that, like all Completely. we hear is like we're like we're automatically so defensive of just you know. Oh, I have to like defend people... why my voice should be heard. Right. Constantly. Yeah, like we literally have to defend quite literally everything. You when know, I went through the day. that stalker thing, I had someone say to me. Like, well, he only came back once. And it's like, right. I don't give a fuck what you think about, like, how many times he came back or what yeah. his agenda was. He's like, here. he made me afraid to live. Yeah. And I, that lived with me for six fucking months. So don't ask me a second question. It's not yeah. your job to ask me a second right. question about the way I feel. Like, at this point, I think, you know, people in my life know me well enough that I'm, I, I actually have gone through a lot of trauma and done fucking nothing about it. Never called a cop in my life. Yeah. Never did anything. And like this one, for some reason, made me snap. And I don't think there should be any questions in that, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, these are the, it was infuriating me. It was shocking to me. It was another reminder we live in a different time. Yeah. But, um, but I do think that like, I mean, cause I have friends even like if I say, if I, if I do say like, Cause there's things that happen to me where I know that they happen because I'm black and like, I know it because I'm black and if I'm talking to my like, and then they'll question it. Right. Yeah. Like, so I'm talking to my white friend. They're like, they're like, yeah. well, what if about like X, Y, Z? And I'm like, sure. But also no, like, so you're longer right to be curious about that. And I am very cautious of like now even bringing those things up with my white friends because it's often like, often it just leads to like a weird, sometimes yeah. like a weird yep. point where mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to be that person that's always complaining about being black yes. because yes. that's what they're thinking and I know that's what they're thinking. So you kind of just have to like, you, I think that this, I, I think the listener should really just has to like look inside and kind of think back and have this conversation and kind of wonder, is it worth my sanity? Because I spend a lot of time being friends with people and like letting them get away with things that aren't like vile and, you know, disgusting. Yeah. But because they are my friends and I was like, oh, they don't know any better. But you have to kind of realize that, like, if they don't know any better and you've you've tried and like, I feel like him being his black friend is enough. Like, yeah, you know, so it's like you he could and like he's he mentioned, you know, like other black people. And it's like so he already has that notion of what black, black people, people are, are like yeah yeah so it's like i'm, I'm just worried that there's not well, the much... next time he could say like black people this he could be like well i'm black and i'm not like that right and so it's like it's unfortunate because if like this person moves out then that's gonna be like another negative connotation of, against black people that this roommate has unfortunately yeah but it's like that cause is also kind of already lost in my opinion because you unless like he really has like a come to jesus moment of where he's like oh yeah like i was being an asshole like there's really nothing he's in his 30s like yeah 
you can't do much. I will say I would love to hear what our listeners of all shades have to say about this. So if you guys want to leave us a voicemail about this particular topic, please do. And I'll play them at the end of another episode coming down three, the line. Two, three, four, five, yeah. zero, seven, four, zero, eight. Yes, guys, this is definitely something that this is, I think, one of my favorite questions we've gotten. It's a really heavy question, but I think that this is also something that's going to be it's, great for our audience. Yeah, so it's just very real. Thank you so much. We're all living it. Yeah, and also like I don't speak for all people of color. I yeah. don't speak for our Latinas or Latinx. Yeah. Disclaimer: or I do not speak. I don't for even all speak for everybody in my family. So True. like you know, my experience is different from her. Yeah, your, Alexis's experience. Yeah. I don't and even speak for myself. So, like, time. if you think we got something wrong, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm just my speaking bad. from my right. my person, my <laughs> yeah. heart. Love you guys. Next, uh, let's take our last call. Yeah. Hi, please advise crew. My name is Julia. I'm calling with an update. I called um, on the episode with Sean Bartholomew uh, regarding my Mexican disaster. Uh, if you're hearing crickets, that's the Pennsylvania wilderness. Uh, so a little cricket action, a little uh, frog action whatever. Anyway, um, so I called about my boyfriend's sister who has a whole mess of problems. And for the, I'm going to keep this short. For the most part, she kept her nonsense away from us. She did get very drunk, pissed on the floor one night, threw up another night. None of these were in our hotel room, thank God. Um, and that's a whole complicated story, but it ended up okay. Um, I'm calling with a question. Mm, I was going to go serious, but honestly, I just saw Molly on the Please Advise Snapchat with awesome nails. By the way, I love those nails for I'm so hot right now. But um, she was charging her crystals, and I don't have any crystals. I'm not looking to get too many, but I'm wondering what crystals I should get if I just need, like, the essential one or two. Um, I'm at a period of, like... Uh, professional growth. I'm a professional stylist. I'm doing pretty well with that. I also have a side hustle of selling the clothes that I buy for my clients and don't use anymore on Poshmark, uh, which is going really well as well. But um, just looking for something that'll just inspire me. I know generally what I'm doing with my life and how to turn it into like a real a real deal. But yeah, um, 24 live in Philadelphia. But yeah. Anyway, please advise. Thanks. I'm so glad you said finally at the end that you are from the Philadelphia area. Um, I looked up a place. It's called Bee's Rock Shop, like B-E-Y, like as in the queen. Um, and it is in a city called... Is it Bee or Bay? I I've... think... <laughs> I would imagine that's Bay. But her name is Beyonce. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I, like, I realize a lot of people. I realize a lot of people call her that. For me, it's Bay. You're not having it's it? It's not. I won't. Okay. Ha- I won't have anything to do with okay. it. We're in your house. Yo, B, what up, Jay? Damn, she got me there. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, I think, but that's what I'm thinking. Because like, it's not like you wouldn't be like, um, that's- well, first of all, it's not Beyonce. Also, it's like they're, he's just saying the first syllable of her name. Yes, the letter B. Right. But also the first syllable, syllable of her name is B. I'm not going to fight about I can't it. Guys, you that. can weigh on this and the As please advise really argumentative, I cannot, I can't even this? argue that. Like, how she about, came with such strong facts. How about she this? Did, but I say How about too. you don't call in about this because I don't care. <laughs> I literally, shit, I don't. Molly. I, this is one of those areas. I don't give a shit what no, you think. I dare you to call to see what her reaction is. This Do has a, a 4.9 star rating and Ooh. it is in 
Betchelsville. Um, look, I know a lot of people buy their crystals online. I'm really against that. I don't mm-hmm. believe in Do people in buy it. them online? A lot of people buy their crystals online. I would never. Online. Even as like someone who loves to like spend money on online shop, I would never risk an online crystal purchase. The stone has to call to you. Yeah, that's well, such bad okay. juju. So I'm more on Christina's side with this because sure, someone could send you a fucking bogus ass crystal. Who knows what it is? And especially I'm just if you worried about it being like cursed. Especially if you don't know about crystals like, you know. Right. Yeah, you, you could definitely easily get a ripoff crystal but um i am really bad we talked about this on the please advise with annabelle um love laugh live somewhere else um we really um i really think that you need to find a crystal that calls to you there are crystals for literally everything everything um, my favorite one in my life that's kind of newer is like my group work crystal and like that goes on it's right now it's being oh no it's in my dish right here um, I charged all my crystals after nice. the after the last uh, full moon but this big one right here is it's the largest crystal I own by far and for me right now it's one of the most important ones there are, I think amethyst is very very common um, yeah. and you can't go wrong with it I always like crystals that have been shaved to be a sharp point People say that these are the best ones because the point really um, drives the message home. I guess um, you know rose quartz is is a is it's like a, a. I feel like it's like a basic one too, like amethyst, where you just like yeah, like this rose quartz is a very good beginner's yeah. one. I really do though. Every time, no matter what the crystal is, I go for the first one I pick up and I hold it in my hand, and almost always the first one I pick up is the crystal that I go with. Interesting. Um, okay. Like I use, yeah, like I like, I learned to like the way it feels in my hands. I don't know always if I can feel something different. There's a lot of crystals for addiction and dependency. I like to, yeah, I was gonna say, I like to just like walk into, I like, I go to Spellbound Sky. So I like to just walk in and just kind of like take a breath. That's the one just, I go to. I love Spellbound Sky. I love the people there. The people there. The people there are so passionate good. about teaching you. And I was like, going to say, yeah, I like I went there like one day before I started my they last have the best job. Vibes. Yeah, the vibes are just Where A+. Plus. It? It's on, it's across street from a gay bar that I frequent. It's which, on Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. Okay. By yeah, West like, Hollywood? It's, owned by this, it's like, near Hyperion. It's owned by this like gay couple. Like West Hollywood? No, no, no. It's in Silver Lake. Yeah. It's owned by like a gay couple. I think yes. there's three of them. There's I think two. I think it's a triad. It might be a triad, <laughs> I think, actually. But there, yeah, but there's two that are from like pretty confident are together. But anyway, they're just like all around good vibes. Where's polyamory married and dated when you need it? I I would say? love to know about the triad, the crystal triad. I love them. They're the like one they're of them. They're so like, nice. He has like this nice, like silky long black ponytail, which is like my ideal aesthetic. Love should be multiplied, not divided. Exactly. But <laughs> no, I like to just go in there. I like to just go in there and just kind of like first time I went in there, I think I was there for like hours just because I was like mm-hmm. waiting for my car to get fixed at this place that was like at their own location. And I was just like, oh wow, this is crazy. And I would like pick I would like pick up things and read the descriptions it was funny how accurate the descriptions were for like things that i needed yeah yeah it's really it's they have a crystal for everything baby everything um but yeah i don't know like like what's your crystal collection like is it gigantic do you do do you go for a lot of the big stones no i have smaller ones me too yeah because i yeah like i have i got because i'm broke yeah Yeah. (laughs) i can't justify spending 50 dollars on a a like soul cycle it's like i'd love it i'm down for the cause but can i get a coupon code or something kelly oxford i follow her on snapchat but obviously most people know kelly oxford is in some capacity right she uh 
um, has started collecting crystals recently, and this is not me shading her, but like, first of all, I'm like, damn girl, that's like a hundred dollar crystal that right. you're working with. But two, um, she buys them online. And she's like, I know I need to let my uh, crystal pick me, but I'm like an excellent online shopper. There are Where does she buy them online? I'm like, because they're on Amazon, which I think is so kooky. As like a Prime member, I'm like, listen, draw the line somewhere. Let me see that. I want to see the Oh, there's so many crystals on Amazon. It's probably cheesy, too. While you're looking up that, I'll just talk about one more thing. I love it when friends gift me crystals. I've never been gifted a crystal. Because I like the intention behind it and the intention that's like in the crystal. Right. Someone like took time out of their like life to get you a crystal. To like really pick one and really be thoughtful yeah. about it and they want to share this with you and I'm like yeah. that's really deep to me I this don't is, know why this is like very yeah. LA and I'm gonna admit I know that as so someone born LA. here but I went to an engagement party my two friends um, Mark and Kyle got engaged and they had this bowl of crystals that they wanted you to take that's beautiful and charge with your energy and then put them back at the end like we were on like a sunset hike and I was like listen I, love that. I was like I know I was born here but I hate this fucking city like <laughs> this is this is too much even for me <laughs> but I mean like that's cute for you if you're getting married so I want to get a crystal for my niece me too. Yeah. But then I'm like, I also gave her like eyeshadow the last time I saw her. So she'd probably be like, no. Well, mine just turned one. So she's oh, like a little perf. tiny baby. Yeah. So. Yeah. Get I'm them for their, yeah. Get them for their like into like eyeshadow and yeah. nail polish and you're, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at some crystals on right Amazon. now yeah. on Amazon that should be retailing. Like I would say if, oh, this is a scam, honey. Yeah. Cause there's some that are like moderately priced where I'm like, okay, that, but then there's some where I'm like, that's way too cheap. No, a, Jovivi seven star group natural amethyst chakra crystal sphere ball with black <laughs> obsidian sand. Uh, no, this is not like a round, like a totally spherical crystal are typically the most expensive. Yeah. And baby, no, How much is that one, um, fourteen ninety nine for seven of them. Ooh, that's get, cursed. That's that prime curse. shipping, right? I'm like, does that person have just like terrible luck? Yeah, no. This this is this is all cursed material but also is there's like is there like a crystal like warehouse we can go to because like as much as i oh no i've researched this like oh. i want to go excavate my own crystals can we please because like i'm just like yeah oh you know what's much. really really gem dope. city if gem you city. go to if you drive through arizona they have the painted um they have mm. not arizona new mexico they have the uh painted forest which is all like petrified it's basically just all petrified forest mm. and um they have tons of crystals there oh from the mesozoic era excuse me yeah crystals are just kind of I also I would just like to say it's very easy to like buy your first crystal and then just like really rely on that and like think that it's going to like make you lose 15 pounds and find the perfect job and like find the perfect mate don't I, don't I do am. that i'm holding one of my third she's eye holding right one now. over her third eye so like that's a whole bomb. thing yeah she's thriving i have no idea what this crystal is but it's making me feel fucking awesome and that's all that matters when you think about it no that's really all that matters exactly so do you believe in the power of the crystals because i don't know i don't i don't I just get them because they make me mindful of a specific thing that they're supposed right. to. I'm not sure. I think I think I'm like half that and then like half buying into it. I'm also like very just like very into just like astrology and everything recently. So it's like one it's like my next logical step after like my Kabbalah Center phase was I guess crystals. You are mentally I'm assuming ill. I, can't I am. Believe, I mean, my therapist says nothing illness. either. Like he <laughs> my therapist surprisingly does not 
reprimand me for these things that I do. Because he can bill you for more more sessions. That that's never that's forget so it. Doctors real. are a business, a very learning. You guys are being really hateful. Grant cares about me. He would <laughs> that's never what we do disrespect on this me. I know. I'm like, I have something really good going for me. You're like, fuck that. I'm gonna shit all over it. Your therapist hates you. I'm like, okay, cool. No, I didn't say he hates you. I said he's using you for your money. So he's keeping your okay, mental illness. Wow. <laughs> Uh, my psychiatrist definitely is like she's definitely crazier than I am I'm willing to admit that like you're just, like she's using me no like I, her office looks like a fucking like episode of hoarders just papers everywhere and I'm like oh. the first time I was like oh you can't help me but I'll take the pills but I just know that this is not yeah you see that quite a bit like just like a really I mean but you have to remember the people drawn to that profession are oh, typically they're crazy, the and they and they've also like heard the craziest shit too so on top of being crazy they've also like heard some crazy shit yeah but that being said I like I like to buy into the crystals. I keep like, I think an amethyst someone told me is good to keep like under your pillow or under your bed to like manifest dreams. I have another one that was like good for like, I don't remember what it was called, but for like depression. I've kept rose quartz in my wallet for forever and like for like two years have not found love. But is but rose quartz is also good with self love though, and I feel like you're probably on that tip. That Look, either. Okay. <laughs> I she's like them. she's like you thought wrong. Yeah. Here's I the other myself. thing that I want to throw out is that all of these spiritual things, like whether it be the conscious life pictures I described, or even a crystal. There's no magic fix. It's all about using those things to help you move forward right. and to put your intentions and actions into the universe. Like with, I learned this actually, uh, Christina introduced me a really long time ago to her uh, college professor who she just, she loves and he was amazing. And, um, RIP. I know, seriously, he was so awesome. And, um, he taught me early on. He's like, yeah, he's like, you're going to find a really interesting, amazing husband. She's like, but he's like, but what you need to remember is that it's on you. Like you need to actually put yourself in the situations where you're going to meet these people. Like he at the time, I think you recommended. I have video from this still. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, um, I have a video from like this, like second one I did with him, another follow-up. I'm so grateful I have these um, because it's just such great, useful life information, things that I need to remember all the time. And he predicted a lot. He predicted hello giggles. He predicted a lot. What? Um, and, yeah, so just all that said, um, it's it's very, very highly important that um, you... Yeah, you have to, like, put yourself out there for sure because it's not... I got into this habit of, like, to where I was just, like, letting Susan Miller run my life and I would, like, wake up, roll over, get my phone and, like, check her horoscopes for the day and I would, like, really rely on them to the extent where I would, like, hold myself back and, like, hold back what I was doing because I was like, well, Susan said it's going to happen, but, like, that doesn't mean jack shit what anyone says unless you're, like doing it if you're like making proactive moves susan's fallen off a little bit oh susan is so i'm convinced i have this really terrible theory that i shouldn't even say out loud but like i'm convinced it's not even susan miller anymore oh really yeah i'm convinced that she just like kicked the bucket and then someone like took over oh honey that's dark because they're so off yeah they're so off lately yeah all right. Well, that was episode one of four of Please Advise. Alex, thank yes. you so much for being here. Thank you. You were amazing. Uh, and I hope to have you back soon. Always. Thank you so much for doing Thanks. both of my podcasts. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> and I'm going to start watching that 60 Day Show. Please 60 days do. In. I need to hear feedback because my and, mom is obsessed. And then we're going to uh, do an Emotionally Broken Psychos about it. Yes. Because I'll, I'll bring just... my mom because she's all about 60 Days In. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, love you, girl. Where can people find you on social? At Sassy Black Diva on Twitter. My Instagram handle is just Alexis Wilson because I'm professional in that way. And you are a social media maven who's up for hire, by the I way. I am up for hire. I will do just about anything. 
that doesn't involve like cats. That's really my only cutoff, sadly. <laughs> well, love that about you. Thank yeah. you so much, Christina. Thank you as always. Thank you to our yes. friend turns who help us out with everything. Jackson and B, love you guys. Have a great week. <laughs>